Hello, good evening everyone and welcome to African Joe Paddy. My name is Ife and today I'm recording from Dundee in Scotland. Today we have an amazing guest to speak to us about the role and contribution of African women in technology. And we have no other person than Ada Ndiaye, who is the head of public policy at Meta, previously Facebook. In her role, she oversees external programs to combat online misinformation and build an informed digital world. Her team also leads direct engagement with public policy makers and regulators in EMEA to shape the program, to shape the future of tech regulation. Prior to this, Ida led matters public policy strategy across 22 Francophone countries in Africa. She built relationships and partnership with key stakeholders across governments, civil society, and NGOs, and managed several projects at the intersection of democracy and social media. She also led Facebook's or Meta's privacy and data innovation strategy across Sub-Saharan Africa before joining Meta. Ada worked at Dalberg Global Development Advisor, UNESCO, IBM, and Google. Ada holds a Bachelor of Arts and Science from Quest University in Canada and a, a Master's of Public Policy with distinction from the University of Oxford in the United Kingdom. I mean, you would agree with me that we have a very perfect guest to speak on this topic. Welcome, Ada. Thank you so much, Ife, for having me. And thank you for this very generous introduction. And hello, everyone listening. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. And it's a pleasure also to discuss the, the important subject we have at, and at hand today. That's very dear to my heart. Thank you. And, and today, our, our listeners get a chance to listen to some insight from you. So I'm going to go straight to the point, given that we have the privilege of having an expert with us to ask you. So tell us. What is the role and contribution of African women in technology? Um, yeah, thank you for, for this question. You know, I, as, as myself, an African woman who, who's in tech, but in, the, in a different, I wouldn't say in like more the technical part of tech, but more looking at how tech contributes to society, but also ways that technology um, can be used as a force of good for the world. Um, when I speak, when I think of the role of African women in tech, I think of, of many things. So the first thing that I think of is just uh, how much women have contributed to tech, right? And how much African women have contributed to, to, to new technology. I think a lot of the time when we, when we talk about STEM, rightly so, we talk about how the fact that women are underrepresented, which is completely true, and the facts are there, the numbers are there. But I do think we tend to forget the fact that there are already women there and who are also doing amazing work. Um, as, as part of my work, when I was uh, covering uh, Sub-Saharan Africa for, for, Met, for, for Facebook now, Meta, um, I met with a lot of just like engineers, uh, a lot of developers who are female, who are African women and who are really involved in 
the tech ecosystem and nurturing the tech ecosystem there. And, and you see almost like women or even this feminine power of nurturing that has been really uh, been felt across the tech ecosystem. When I think, for instance, of in Francophone Africa, which, which is the area I'm most familiar with, a lot of the tech hubs uh, leaders and managers are actually women, right? So these are the women who are creating these communities that brings together uh, developers, like uh, engineers, designers, to be thinking about uh, what are the type of the new technologies or businesses or startups we should be developing to help grow the continent, but I think also help benefit the world at large. So I think, you know, this nurturing role is something that I've seen across the continent of women. And I would like to just mention that as well. And then the second thing I, I want to mention as an area of discussion in the role of African women in technology, I think it's is one that is not unique to African women and one that is not unique to tech, but one that is worth mentioning is the fact that we we do lack a we do have a lack of representation of women at the at the center of decision making in time when it comes to the future of tech in the platform. I think tech is actually one of the better areas uh, than the in, than than other sectors because when I think of uh, uh, ministers of technology who are female in, in the African continent. I believe the Rwandan minister is, is female. The, the minister from Benin, the Beninese minister is also of an African woman. So we do see a couple of those who are really emerging, but I do think there's a lack across the board in the continent of, of women representation in those leadership positions, being having a seat at the table and being able to shape the vision for technology uh, for the continent. So that's the second point. And I will end with a third point there around the fact that, um, you know, we can't talk about African women in technology without talking about how technology affects women, right? Uh, I work in the social media industry and, and, and I work on policies there. And it's really clear to me that that there is work that is being done around protecting women in 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 in, in the in, on on the internet and in, in in social media spaces because what we tend to see we tend to see the internet being a reflection or a mirror sometimes even distorted of reality so the same same type of marginalization of same type of abuses that women face in real life we also see some equivalences or even sometimes worse online and so the, there's a question there around you know when we when we look at African women as the, these leaders, as these nurturers, how do we also create policies that protect them and protect their safety and their well-being around the internet and build products that actually respond to their needs as well as a unique group? So, and so for me, those are three buckets of, 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 of women's role in technology or African women's role in technology that I think is really important to think about and to explore through, throughout this discussion. Uh, how does that sound to you, Ife? That sounds um, really fascinating. And even, I mean, in the course of the work that I do, I mean, based on what you've described, it's actually a case of women being visible yet invisible. I mean, by this, I mean, they are there, but based mm. on maybe the kind of things we read and how, you know, technology is presented either in the media or either in government, we practically sometimes do not appreciate the extent to which women are there. The problem then could be a case of representation and how their voices are being heard. And I like the fact that through the conversation, you actually went a bit further to talk about women involvement in politics. I mean, it's absolutely amazing to learn. I didn't know this before, that the ministers of um, technology in Rwanda and Benin are women. And this gives them actually an opportunity to make a uh, 
vital contribution in politics, things that are likely to affect everybody on, in the society. So thank you so much for the insight. So I guess the next question I want to ask now is obviously, we appreciate that women are there. We also appreciate that they are doing great things by leading um, STEM, or should I say technological hubs across the continent. But the question then is relating to women that might be in the rural areas. And we saw, at least from my work, how COVID affected so many things. And we had to think of, or should I say, re-strategize in the way that we either do business and other things. So I wonder whether, you know, in the spirit of understanding further, whether maybe the women that are in the urban areas have access to technology and the way they are breaking glass ceilings to do great things, whether such opportunity also are, are there for women that might be in the rural area, what kind of access or do we, I mean, where are we as a continent in reaching out to women in the rural areas, technology-wise? That, that's a great question, Ife. And, and you know, the, the answer to that is simple. We are, we, we are not where we should be, right? We, we are far. We are far from where we should be. And the digital divide is real. I think the digital divide is real from a globe, from a north-south perspective when we look at the West and, and, and generally uh, Europe, America, and where they are in terms of access and cost of access, right? So it's not just not having the internet, but being able to afford the internet versus where we are in the African continent in the global south, you know, broadly speaking, then if we looked at it by gender on, and looking at an urban and rural divide, it's, it's even worse, right? I think, you know, we, we, we are at a time where we're talking about 5G technology, we're talking about the metaverse and virtual reality being the next uh, frontier of how we will interact. Essentially, we are building a web point three. And wh while we have that journey, it's really important to reflect and not only to reflect, but also to think about very tangibly what it means and what actions can be taken for women in rural areas. In many parts of the continent, you know, with, with like this barely 2G, right? And many places are still unconnected. As part of my previous work at, at Meta, I we, we had the chance to be working on building um, on, on, on building infrastructure to access basically the unconnected and make sure that they have they're connected in the internet and what we saw uh, as part of this work is, is 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 a couple of things so first is the fact that you know the cost of of the reason why there's there's this huge di di divide between urban and rural women is actually an infrastructure question and it's one that's very much driven by policy but there's an appetite from both African government, also the private sector in the African continent to partner, to be building infrastructure that, that can be used by all. And, and there's this, um, this, this policy of open access that is, that, that, that's quite a common, that's quite a, uh, common and, and, and seen as best practice in the telecommunication world where everyone should be able to have access to, to infrastructure that is built. And here the big challenge is it was the, the capital, right? And so the fact that actors like, like Meta could contribute to, 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 to that capital and to building those infrastructure helped move the needle. And what, what it means for me as an African looking at it is that there is really an opportunity there to be thinking about how do we bring more foreign investment? How do we work more with global actors to 
actually close the capital gap that is being one of the the biggest gap around building infrastructure right because right now we're we're so advanced in technology like that we can actually be laying cables in a way that's efficient and that reaches most of the world so so Mm -hmm. that that point i think is really important as we think about the the urban and the rural gap and for rural women i think you know um one of the main reasons I'm, I'm I'm very passionate about the work that we do at Meta is the idea that it is it, because in many ways it felt to me that it 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 um, it promotes this idea of the democratization of the internet right that yeah. right now I have a lot of my cousins who who lives in the village in Senegal like they they're sending me WhatsApp audio they can't write mm. but they they like they we're we're yeah. connecting over the internet right and so. Yeah. No way. I mean, there's a again in terms of inclusivity and and how technologies can be more inclusive. Where they, we it's still a work in progress, but I think it's so important sometimes to just sit down and reflect that these are people who, you know, are probably have not finished their education. Mm-hmm. Um, my cousin, but they're writing to me. They're not writing. They're sending me audios. They're running businesses online, and I think there's a really great opportunity there around the fact that even for women living in a rural area, which where I know, you know, the majority of the livelihood is based on agriculture yeah. and farming, that there's a really, there's a really strong economic opportunity there for them to be really more integrated into this technology, because especially they're easy to use, right? And everybody almost is, is or is interacting with someone who has a mobile phone in the continent. So I think that the economic opportunity there is really important. And I think uh, just to hone in on the gender point on the urban and rural divide, I think, you know, as as women as well, who um, I consider myself Senegalese, also part of the diaspora, so so first generation (laughs) immigrants, but, but very much rooted in the continent. I think there's an imperative as well for for us as women and as women, but all of us to be thinking about, you know, our sisters who are not in rooms that where we are, who are not in tables where we are and who are and be able to be a voice that advocates for them, because ultimately, you know, when we think about the vision for development for the continent, it should be one that's that's inclusive of all. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, thank you so much. The way you responded, you you sort of detailed, should I, I mean, I think the right word would be you went above and beyond in responding by at least providing some of the positive ways that even despite the fact that we know that there is an urban rural divide, those in the rural areas are also benefiting. And it made me think of um, a discussion I had with a, a woman I met when I was in Cameroon um, during one of my field work and during co- the, the, at the height of COVID, I was having an interaction with her to understand how she was coping. And she said, oh, no, I mean, things are hard, but I'm able to still send my goods to Yaoundé in the capital of Cameroon to customers. I just send them a message by WhatsApp and then they respond by voice note on WhatsApp to tell me um, what quantity of fish they need. And then I send them a message back to tell them what bus I'm going to, or what vehicle I'm going to put their fish in so that they can wait at the motor park. And these are just something that maybe we wouldn't actually be able to think about 10 years ago. And, and this actually sort of highlights the importance of the investment you talked about. And 
I mean, we're not where we need to be as a, co as a continent in terms of the technological know-how, as you highlighted, but then we're not where we need, we're not where we used to be. And this is a positive that needs to be celebrated. So thank you for highlighting that. And I guess the next question then relates to knowing that, yes, we already have women, but how can we then ensure that more women, especially young girls, and mm -hmm. we're not obviously ignoring the men or the boys, because I guess in the process of raising awareness and, and the boys would also benefit from this. So how can we encourage more women, especially young girls at this early age to start thinking about STEM, to start thinking about technology um, in terms of looking ahead of what the continent might look like in the years to come? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I reflect on my own journey and it's one that prompts me to do so where, um, you know, like as we see a lot of women being very um like very very gifted and very able to to do stem topics right at school uh like looking at physics math and, and many other topics that could lead to a more technical career in um in, in the technology space and and what we tend to see is that when right about they they start to reach womanhood around 16 uh you know family and parents and society in a way gets in the way and, and start to tell them, wait, you you want to be a, an engineer. That's that's too many years of of uh, of studies. Just do something easier. Just do something faster. Just do something quicker. So I think uh, my first reflection is one as a society and as individuals, what are we doing to, to make sure that our women, our girls are aiming higher and aiming bolder and making sure that we are not putting restrictions on them, right, to, to really uh, like stop or, or you know, prevent their, their career or their, their journey in tech, in STEM to be, to, to be developed. I think that's, that's one that's hard to solve, but I think it's one we should all take ownership on. And the second is, is really around role models. And I think, again, the internet has done a really good thing of social media having, you know, made access into, like really facilitated access into different uh, to, to different types of people. And there are many accomplished African women out there and, and having access to platforms like LinkedIn, I see so many, and that's just, I'm sure the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. iceberg. Uh, and I, and you know, I, I truly believe that you can't be something you have not seen, right? Like you yeah. need to see it, you need to see it and to say, to name it and say, I can be it. And I think that, that there's a lot more to do about sharing stories and, and really making sure that people understand that and young girls understand that other women have done it and you can probably do it too and do it even better. So I think the work that you do around the podcast and around really sharing this narrative is so important. And I think it's just a matter of thinking through how do we make sure we get access? I was back in Senegal in December and 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 I like and I love interacting with young people just because I think their energy is is one amazing and second like they're the future right and, yeah. and we should all be building 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 them up and we had this um this this like it was this small event at, the, at, at my high school but but I could sense from like just speaking to the to the young girls and it was both girls and boys and and just yeah like students broadly speaking I could see how just sharing my own story, like 
light like I, I eyes were lighting up and it's not the most amazing story ever it's just one story among um, among many and and there was one woman who who asked me a question she said are you covering because I have a headscarf on and how do you how do you manage covering and being and having a global like an international career and I told oh, her wow. well look uh, my headscarf is not religious but mm-hmm. my headscarf is part both of my Muslim and, and my um and my African identity and yeah. I can be in the world as an African and proudly so but still be uh seen as a as a competent leader as someone who is pro contributing to to the of the world as a as a whole and 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 I could just and it was really a touching moment for me because I could yeah. just see her just say well oh that means that I can also do that with my headscarf and I was like of course you can That's right true. so you yeah. being African is not going to stop you for anything you want to do but I think sometimes you know there are so many structural barriers that we could spend I'm sure a whole nother podcast talking yeah. about but I think you know, the simple thing and the small things in life could also have a really big impact in just switching the mindset for some people. Because for me as well, that's the same thing that happened. I went to an African leadership, down a school called African Leadership Academy, yeah. where yeah. we were all told, you are African leaders, you're future leader of Africa. Of Africa. And, and, and then I, and I started believing it. And once yeah. you believe it, I think there's some sort of self prof self-fulfilling process prophecy that happens yeah and so I think the narratives and the stories that we tell to to our young girls are really important and the image as well we show them are really important in that sense I absolutely I couldn't agree more and there's something you said and I think this is a quote that encapsulates the conversation we've had here so far you can't be something you have not seen and then yeah. we, when you talked about this woman or this young person asking you, how, how have you managed to be this person despite covering your hair? Because, you know, you have to at least sometimes the misconceptions. I know, of course, it's, it's challenging as a woman in the global um, sphere to compete when we look at it from the male-female um, narrative. And then even to be a woman of color, to be a, a Black woman, a minority, it can be challenging. Yeah. But then you, the fact that you're here, the fact that you're doing this and this person sees you have allowed her to see that impossible is nothing. And I think this is something that is absolutely fascinating for me to hear and very encouraging as well so thank you so much for sharing this with our listeners so I guess then because in reality as individuals there are things we can do but to sort of make the kind of change we're looking for or aspiring to as individuals we can make a difference NGOs uh, CSOs are already making differences but then what can the government what do you think in terms of policy what do you think um, the government can do to at least do their bit to sort of bring about the kind of change we are hoping for, you know, to get to the point that we have the Africa we want in relation to technology. This is sort of thinking ahead. What do you think the government can do to help? Yeah, it's it's a great question. I, I, think, I, I think the governments can do can have a lot to do. And and I think, you know, I'm just gonna share some some ideas there uh, from my own experience and where my work with African governments, but but it's by no means exhaustive. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think we just need better strategies on on technology. You know, I I think 
when I look at the the geopolitics of this of this world, I think you 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 really see two blocks, right? You see kind of the U.S., Europe, and the China block. Uh, yeah. And and both have different vision and version of the of the internet of, of technology and how and how they want to use it for society. And and my fear as an African sitting in international fears is that Africa's voice is missing. So what is Africa's strategy for technology? Like how do we see the continent growth being interlinked with technology, right? And I think there's yeah. and and there's a lot that the tech community has done in in really pushing you know, like the um, the latest technology, whether it's cryptocurrency, whether it's, um, whether it's, uh, yeah, like cryptocurrency or like even now the conversation on NFTs, I'm sure yeah. there are like groups in the African continent thinking about what it means, like metaverse, virtual reality. Yeah. I mean, there are small pockets there, but it's important as well at the high level, at the government level um, to have, to, to really have Africa African countries, one working together to be a more powerful block because each on their own, these are small countries. I mean, obviously we have Nigeria, South Africa, Ethiopia, who are the big countries of the continent. But like broadly speaking, right, we have more power when we come as one united force and really be starting to kind of also shape the agenda of it and really think of how do I how do I collaborate internationally to solve my connectivity gap? And I like that our conversation started with connectivity because that's the foundational stuff. Like if we don't have connectivity, then it's really hard to be um, to, to, to be a credible player in, in the technology space. And second is really, you know, honing on local talents. Like African startups have, you know, this this has been last year has been an incredible year for African startups. So Flutterwave, um, um, wave in Senegal as well, like yeah. raising, like like r- 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 raising incredible amount of money and having the trust of you know international external backers. How can we then as African and how can we as as African, but also how can our African government be thinking about integrating more these these startups into the local economies and f- and fintech fintech excuse me is just such a huge opportunity again for the continent just because you know we we didn't we I mean we have banks but then the to- the 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 rate of people who are actually using the traditional banking systems it varies by country but majorly speaking in the continent it's really low so you can see how like these applications and mobile money and and the new versions of like wallets we're seeing are so important in the continent but how do we leverage that as our value add again to the world right because in so many instances in how money circulates across the continent we're way far ahead than some developed nations so i think that that's another avenue for strategic thinking and then the the last bit uh is around skills right i think you know ultimately like it's gonna be a world where you know like the vision of the world is going to be powered by these like high computers and 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 really having you know the 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 quality in terms of like skill set and human capital to be able to engage in those discussion at the technicalities but also be able to be a producer of tech is really key and here i'm really thinking of key things like reforms in our education system like making sure we are encouraging girls and women and and men actually and young boys to really uh, uh, on to their the STEM careers and to be on themselves or their own entrepreneurs in terms of developing uh, like products and startup is really key to make sure the continent uh, as a whole uh, has a robust um, r- robust presence in the tech space. 
Thank you so much for sharing that. And this is actually a very good way to sort of integrate the conversation, or should I say, start summing up the conversation. Because yes, you did recognize that the government have an important role to play as a collective. We're looking at it from the African perspective, but importantly for us to actually be able to compete they have to look very critically at the education system. You know, what kind of future generation are we creating? Are we creating or are we producing young people that are going to be tech savvy, that are going to, you know, be very familiar with STEMs and therefore would be able to compete with the rest of the world? Because of course, as the continent is restrategizing, so are other countries from other continent also want to be very competitive in the future. And so, our continent, our government really have a, a very important role to play in terms of not only writing things down, because I know at least if we look at it from the AU perspective, we have a lot of strategies that are so beautifully written. One of them is, for example, the Agenda 2063 of the Africa we want. But we need to go beyond what, what is written to then start thinking about how are we actually going to implement this. And I'm so thankful that things that you outlined are actually so clear that I hope that some of our governments, our ministers, our presidents are listening and they can maybe um, take some hint and take advantage of the free advice you provide. So thank you so much for, for that. So I wonder, um, before we wrap up, whether you have um, anything else to share in terms of to a young girl that, that might be listening right now, or actually, let me rephrase this, to your young self, you know, you aren't either that you are now, to the young Ada that you were, that you didn't actually know you're going to be this person now, what would you say to her if she was listening presently? Um, it's a great question. Um, I will tell her to, to dream big and to continue to dream big. I will tell her to dare. Uh, I will tell her that it won't be easy and it never will be easy. But I think uh, the world can be ours and the world must be ours, right? And, yeah, and yeah. so I, I, I will tell her dare, dare, dare and go forth, right? I think the worst thing we can do as you know, as African women, as Af these African girls, is just to let society, this the oppressive system, whether it's racism, sexism, you know, neo-colonialism, just let this system constrain our lives, right? We really, uh, and I know it's hard, but, and I know it's not easy, but I think it's just so important to be able to push ourselves to rise above it. And also, I will also remind her that she's never alone. And for any African women, there's a community of women behind you to support you and to push Absolutely. you. And I wanna say, for me, that's the case. Uh, and, and, you know, I am where I am because of many African women who believed in me and, and mentored me and nurtured me and supported me. Yeah, and yeah. I would say to any, to my, younger self and to any other girls you know find that community we're out there and we are there for each other and and and, and it's only together that we will rise oh gosh um yeah. <laughs> your concluding thought is sort of very um inspirational and just you know encapsulate this whole ideology of ubuntu you know together yeah. we can do great things and it's so fascinating to hear you talk about how you have been supported by so many other african women and i can also attest to this that 
I mean, yeah, I, I don't think I'd, I'd actually be here speaking to you as Ife if, if there are not a lot of women behind me that have been rooting, you know, from our mothers, our aunties, the people seen on TV, the people that have actually had direct mentorship um, contact with us and the people we see on social media, right? And we're like, gosh, if this girl, if this young woman is doing this, maybe actually I can do it as well. And this is why I absolutely appreciate, again, your quote, and I'll repeat, you can't be something you have not seen. It's actually very powerful. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you, Ife. Thank you for having me. Thank you for this wonderful conversation. I, yeah, I, I get out of it very, very energized and very inspired as well. So thank you for all the work that you do on sharing our stories and, and really writing the narrative for the continent and contributing to that. So, so I'm really grateful and, and honored to have, to have had the opportunity to be part of, of the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for, you know, being our guest. We know you have a very um, busy schedule. And to our listeners, thank you for always being here. Thank you for continuing to share. Thank you for leaving your comments. And thank you for being part of this. And this has been African Joe Paddy. Thanks, everyone, and do take care. Thank you.